Greetings, this is Pastor Thomas A. Deloach, and this episode is brought to you by To Empower You, a podcast dedicated to helping young adults and young couples achieve their goals and dreams from a biblical context. From a biblical context. Pastor Thomas A. Deloach. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to To Empower You. I am your host, Thomas A. Deloach, and this is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it, and I hope you do the same. And on today's show, I want to talk about destroying the snare of legalism. Very interesting topic, but I believe it's going to bless your life. As always, this is a teaching podcast, so go and grab your Bibles and something to write with as I do have a word from the Lord for you. We want to start here in Romans chapter number 7, looking at verse number 5, and we'll conclude at verse number 7. The book of Romans asks one question, how do we live a life that is pleasing to God? And here in this passage, we see the scriptures say, For when we were in the flesh, the motions of sin, which were by the law, did work in our members to bring forth unto death. Verse 6, But now we are delivered from the law, that being dead wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the latter. Verse 7, what shall we say to these things? Or what shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I had not even known sin, but by the law. For I have not known lust, except the law said, thou shalt not covet. So here are a few problems, and I want to discuss them with you. There is something in us, all of us, that prevents us from living right. So we must stop trying to live a godly life through legalism. And many people are legalistic. And this is what I kind of want to unpack here. So when we talk about legalism, what we're saying is an excessive adherence to the law or even a formula, as it were. Here's another definition, a theological dependence on a moral law rather than on a personal faith in Christ. So really, we want to live our lives on a personal faith in Christ and not these laws, not these formulas, not these do's and don'ts. It's another thing I want to share with you. When we violate the law, and if I could say something like this, if we violate a boundary, we are in sin. Here's another definition of legalism. Maybe this will help you. Trusting in your ability to keep the law or to keep you inside of a boundary. So here's the lie that we tell ourselves. I can keep the law and that will make me pleasing to God. Now, if they couldn't in the Old Testament, what makes us think we can do it now? But unfortunately, many times with these boundaries, as I just stated, we try to keep the law, cross every I or dot every I, cross every T, and we just can't do it. It's just too many things that are going to come our way that we're going to mess up. But our personal faith in Christ, learning how to trust God in all kinds of times and situations and know that he already, as a matter of fact, 
because he already died for us. We are living according to what he's already done. So there's nothing that we need to do but continue to keep our faith in Christ first and foremost. In other words, there's a principle of sin that lives down in our flesh. But being godly is not a matter of just saying, I will be good. A lot of us wake up and say, I'm just going to be good today. You just can't wake up and say, after the counsel of your own will, I'm going to be good because something is going to get in the way that's going to stop you from doing what you desire to do. Even when we get up in the morning and, you know, we have the best of intentions to do certain things, something is going to happen. And we're going to be able to say, you know what, I just can't live this life with all this legalistic pressure. So we have a mental breakdown. We capitulate. You know, we just get into a funk. We get into a place where the walls are closing in on us. And there are a lot of believers who are living legalistically. They don't even understand that our faith in Christ, the finished works of Christ, would Jesus die when he rose again and he gives us power now. And we accept that power by faith. So this is not a formula. We're just trusting every day in what Jesus did. Let me go a little further. Why do we sin? That's a big question. Why do we sin? And when do we sin? First of all, there's this word called harmartia, H-A-M-A-R-T-I-A, which means to miss the mark or to err. In other words, it's a sin failure. And there's something in psychology, you know, in this thing about sin. When we're talking about this, there's something called the psychology of sin. And again, I want to give you this in Romans chapter 7, verse 5. I just gave it to you earlier in the show. When we were in the flesh, the motions of sin, which were by the law, did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. So there's two things that are present when we sin. Number one, sinful passions. That's this principle of rebellion. And then number two, the law. That means any external standard that you try to live up to. And you'll be surprised that we got a lot of people today. They got this law that they set up and this this standard that they've created in their mind that they try to live up to. So you got sinful passions plus the law it's going to equal death. You just can't do it. There's going to be some level of separation between you and God. There's going to be a reaction. But in Romans chapter 7, verse 8, it says, But sin, taking occasion by the commandment, wrought in me all the manner of concupiscence. That means a strong desire or lust. For without the law, sin was dead. So we've got these sin passions that we've got to learn how to deal with. It's just this principle of rebellion. So in my spirit, I want to obey God. But in the flesh, there is a sin principle at work causing me to rebel. And this is why I said you can get up with the best of intentions, but you cannot dot every I, cross every T, be Mr. and Mrs. Perfect. It's just not going to work. And I will dare say to you that the Lord is not expecting that. All God really is expecting, this is just so key. 
You got to love the Lord thy God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And when you do, when you really love God, it's something about loving God that pushes you into learning him knowing what he's about, knowing how to please him. And we don't do it rousing up the flesh, trying to keep all of these laws that we just cannot do. And again, it frustrates so many people and they just end up going down a downward spiral. Let's look at Romans chapter seven. A lot of our work today is going to be in the book of Romans. And again, in case you missed it, I said the book of Romans asked one question. How do we live a life that is pleasing to God? So in Romans 7, starting at verse number 19, it says, For the good that I would, I do not, but the evil which I would not, I do. This is Paul talking here. Now, if I do that I would not, it is no more I that I do, but sin that dwelleth in me. Verse 21, I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man, verse 23, but I see another law in my members. This is key. Warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. This is this law of sin that is in my members. And so Paul in verse 24, he said, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? The question is, is the law bad? Well, Romans 7 verse 7 says, what shall we say then? Is the law sin? The Bible says, God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin, but by the law. For I had not known lust, except the law had said, thou shall not covet. This is so clear. We would not have even known any of this except the law told us these things. So in Romans chapter 7 verse 12 it says, therefore the law is holy and the commandment holy and just and good. So the law is a picture of what God is like. God's law is his word. God's law is a window to God's heart. So when you read the word of God, you are looking at a mirror. You can see yourself. When you look at the word of God, you can see what God says. And when you look into this mirror, this word of God, you can see what is expected of you. But we don't work it out through legalism. We work it out through faith. We work it out through trusting God. So when I get up in the morning, I'm not planning to make mistakes. I'm not planning to walk in a ditch. I'm not planning to sin. No one gets up in the morning unless they're just depraved and they're really not trying to please God. But I believe I've got some listeners today that are trying to please the Lord and they get frustrated every second, every minute, every hour, every month. And they're just trying to say, Lord, I cannot live this life. You're living it the wrong way. We live by faith. The just, the Bible says, they shall live by their own faith in God. This thing is personal. And when you've got a personal relationship with someone, again, you know them. It's just like a spouse. When you know your spouse, you know what makes them mad. You know what makes them happy. No one wants to get up. No one wants to start their day 
wanting to make their spouse mad or their children mad. When you love them, that is not your desire. But the reality is we don't know them like we should and we don't know God like we should. And because we don't, we're trying to do all these little formulas, all these little things that we're putting together. And at the end of the day, they never work. Again, I'm going to say this to you. So the law is picture. It's a picture of what God is like. If you ever wanted to know what God is like, read the word. God's law is his word. God's law is a window to God's heart. I'm able to see his heart. I'm able to see his love for me. And I have to get into this by faith. For without faith, it is impossible to please the Lord. You cannot please the Lord any other way but by faith. Now, when the flesh takes the law of God and tries to use it as a means of achieving godliness, we are trying to make the law do something it was never meant to do. So the law came to show us what godliness is, but it was never intended as a cure to our sin problem. That is so key. So God gave us his law because he loves us. God gave you his word because he loves us. Before God gives us a solution, he shows us what the problem is. The law shows us that we have a problem inside and the solution is Jesus Christ. So when I receive Christ into my life by faith, I don't receive him into my head. I receive him into my heart. I receive him into my spirit. So I don't need to think this thing through. I need to believe this thing through. Many times we get frustrated because we're using our mind to think, to think, but you're going to burn out. But when I just accept it by faith and know that God loves me and any transformation, any changes that need to be made, it's not a formula I'm trying to work out. It's not a step one, step two, step three, A, B, C. It's like anything else. You get in trouble. We don't go to God. We start working our own stuff. We start sowing our own fig leaves. We start doing all of these things, trying to be pleasing to God. But catch this. Have you ever considered this, that God knew what he was getting when he died for you? God wasn't scratching his head trying to figure out, let me see what I'm getting when I get Julie or Bob or John. No, God already knows you. He already knows what he's getting from you. He already knows your pressure points. He already knows you're weak and feeble. He already knows your insecurities. So you don't need to be fake and phony with God. Out of all the people in the world, he knows. Now, we try to do this stuff with people. You know, we want them to know, you know, we never make mistakes. We're always on our A game. But, you know, on the inside, you are not that way. And so as it relates to how to live for God and do the things that are pleasing to him, when we read the word of God, we need to accept it by faith. By faith means I'm accepting what he said. I'm not trying to think this thing through. I'm not trying to work up anything because God already knows that there are things inside of me that are going to miss the mark. And here's the reality. When I miss the mark, I can boldly come to him. Why is it that when we mess up, we run away from God? What is in us that says we're not pleasing anymore because we're legalistic? 
And that's what legalistic people do when they mess up, when they miss the mark, they beat themselves up, up and down more than God is even doing. God's not even beating you up. God never condemns. He convicts. In other words, he wants to show you a more excellent way that you can live for me. And when we understand that and when we know that and when it's in our heart, we can again boldly come and ask for the grace that we need to help us in the time of trouble. And we can see that the grace and mercy of God can carry us through into another level in him. Notice in Galatians chapter three, starting at verse number 24, it says, wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified. Here it is by faith, not by works, by faith. So the law leads us to Jesus. I'm going to say that again. The law leads us to Jesus. Not to be redundant, but I think it's so important that I say this to you again in Galatians 3.24. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring me to Jesus that we might be justified by faith. So the law was never meant to make you righteous. Oh, wow. I'm going to say that to you again. The law was never meant to make you righteous. Here's Romans again. Romans chapter number four, looking at verse five. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly. His faith is counted for righteousness. Look at Romans five, verse number 20. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might be abound, but where sin aboundeth, grace did much more abound. So where sin abounds, grace, we need this. Grace much more abounds. Not necessarily the unmerited favor of God. I know that's a pat answer for grace, but grace really is divine empowerment. So when we talk about grace, now I want you to see it in a new eye. I want you to see it through a new lens that we're talking about divine empowerment to live for God. It's a supernatural divine empowerment to live for him. Many times we're trying to live for him through our intellect. We're trying to live for him with these little things we got in our mind that we think will be that we can do that will cause us to be more pleasing to God. But all we need to do is accept it by faith faith. I'm not trying to be redundant. I know you're smart. I know you're intelligent. I know you're listening. But many times we just need to have something said to us over and over again. And maybe by that fourth or fifth time, it will click. Living for God is not difficult when we're doing it the right way. And when we accept, not deny, not try to work out, when we accept what Jesus did for us, God did something for us that we could not do for ourselves and that save ourselves and put ourselves in a situation that will cause us to be on the right road. That's what he did through salvation. He picked you up and put you on a right road. You didn't know how to get there. You didn't know the coordinates. You didn't know the directions. You didn't know. We claim we know, but we really don't know. And when he puts us on the right path, it will just stay there by faith. And that's hard because we're looking to the right or to the left because when problems come, we're trying to figure it out. You don't figure out a problem. It's already figured out. You listen to God and do what he tells you to do. That's how you get where you're going. That's how you get to higher ground. If you've ever been in a tough situation and you're thinking about trying to put a master plan together before you know you got a headache, you just frustrated, you just throw up your hands 
And that is why we get so messed up. If you're going to throw up your hands, throw up your hands to God and say, Lord, pick me up and put me on a different path. Put me on higher ground because you know how to get me there. So the law came that transgression might increase. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 55 through 56. I love this verse. O death, where is thy sting? O grave. Where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. Watch this now. So the law wasn't given to make you godly. It was given to reveal that you are a sinner. That's what you get when you read the word. You see what you are. The law can never make anyone righteous. Through the law, we become conscious of sin. We become aware of who we are. So the law was not the medicine to cure our sin problem. The law is the thermometer to show us how sick we really are. Hopefully I said this in a way that you can understand because maybe, just maybe, through this particular sentence that I've given you about the law and what it was meant to do helps you to understand how much more we need to live by faith. So God gave us the law to cause the sin principle within us to show itself. Through the law, the sin principle is aroused and produces acts of sin. I'm going to say that to you again in case you missed it. God gave us the law to cause the sin principle within us to show itself, to come up. Through the law, the sin principle is aroused and produces acts of sin. So sometimes we, you know, try to wonder, you know, why am I misbehaving? Why am I doing things? Why can't I get the victory over this area? Why does this keep popping up in my life? The sin principle begins to get aroused and now it's just producing all of these acts of sin. Watch this now. So why are Christians so defeated? Why are Christians missing the mark all the time? When most Christians decide to be godly, what they do is two things. They set up a law and then they say, I'm going to obey this law, whatever this law is that they're setting up. What does that do? It arouses the sin nature. So anytime you're trying to set up a law in your mind to try to conquer something that you are dealing with, you arouse the sin nature. Instead of coming to God by faith and asking him for his grace and his mercy to help you, we start setting up formulas. This is what I'm going to do today. So if this person is mean to me, I'm going to set up this law in my mind. I'm going to set up a plan in my mind, but it's not going to work. And so when it doesn't work, we beat ourselves up about it. And then we just start producing all of these acts of sin because we are frustrated and doing it the wrong way. It arouses sin nature. So what results happen in a person's life? What are these results that begin to happen in any individual's life? They sin more. They do more of what they don't want to do. Every time you set up a law, every time you set up something in your mind to try to conquer what you're going through, trust me, you're going to sin more. You're going to do more of what you don't want to do. So they make a stronger law 
or even a stronger promise. Okay, I promise I'm not going to cuss. I promise I'm not going to drink. I promise I'm not going to uh, uh, sleep with this man or sleep with this woman. I promise, I promise, I promise. I promise I'm not going to do these drugs. I mean, we've got so many promises that we are setting up in our mind. And all it's doing is arousing sin nature. I hope you're hearing what I'm saying today. I don't know if I'm helping you or not, but that's what happens. We keep, this is this thing about legalism that, watch this, the word of God is not about do's and don'ts. That's not what it's about. When you read God's word, it, uh, it again is showing you who you are. When you accept what God says about you, even in a situation where you may be struggling, it ought to just give you the answer to your problem. Oh, this is why I'm doing this. But then God's word gives you some instructions that you've got to follow, some guidelines, some principles that if you would listen to that and do what he tells you to do, you will find yourself in a greater level of victory and you won't always be in stress. So we've got to understand that if we're going to conquer this sin nature, we've got to stop setting up these legalistic laws that the Lord already knows that we simply cannot do. Now, Here's what happens in most Christians' lives when they realize they sin more. Number one, they drop out of church and they live in rebellion. What do I mean when I say they drop out of church? We know that church is not the building. Church is the people and where we connect. We can connect anywhere. We can connect at your house in the backyard. It doesn't matter. We can have a place of worship that the people can come. But the people are the church, the called out one, the ecclesia. That's the church. What happens is when people sin more, they don't want to be around people who they think are living a more godly life. That's where we mess up. We think we know something that we don't know. All of us need the Lord, especially if you are a believer. You need God and you come to the church or come to a place where other believers are coming to, not because we're perfect, but because we need God. We need each other's encouragement because the enemy wants to get you in a place called isolation and isolate you from the believers because some kind of formula that you got set up in your head says to you, well, I messed up, so I don't want to be around brother so-and-so, sister so-and-so. I don't want to be around the preacher. I I just don't want to be around. That's all in your mind because of formulas you've set up. And so it arouses the sin nature more and it pushes you further and further away from the people of God. And it pushes you in rebellion. You don't even want to live right now. You don't even want to read your Bible. You don't even want to pray. Some of us, we have just lost the desire because we don't want to because we're more legalistic than we are of anything else. That's number one. Number two, they stay in church, but live a defeated life. I know a lot of people who stay in church because they're legalistic too, but they live defeated. So why would I want to just stay around the people and not get the life of God that's flowing through them and live a defeated life? That makes no sense. If I'm going to go to the house of the Lord or connect with other believers, I want to be able to lend my ear to them and hear their story of deliverance and how the Lord set them free, which gives me hope about my situation. And if I can get some hope about my situation, I can understand that the Lord is not picking on me. It's how I'm living 
my life. And this is what we get from coming to the house of the Lord, especially as we move out of this pandemic, because people now are staying at home. They don't even want to come to church. But can I tell you something? When the Lord said, forsake not the assemblies of yourselves together, did you not think he knew that the pandemic was going to be, that the coronavirus was going to be? So does God now change his mind about the word? Does God now say, well, you know what? I messed up. I didn't know the pandemic was coming. So let's just scratch out that verse of scripture in Hebrews. No, God, he still expects us to come together because the reality is, man, if we can't come together in the church of the living God, and then we are in a situation where we just cannot trust that the power of God can save us through the coronavirus or the pandemic, we've got no hope. But I want to tell you that we don't need to just stay in church and live a defeated life. There's power, there's anointing, there's strength that is flowing by the presence of God through others that can help you get back on your feet again so you can destroy this snare that you keep walking into called legalism. Number three, and I'm done. They become hypocrites and try to look good to other people. And I'm sure you've seen this before in your life and the life of other people. They become hypocrites. When we talk about hypocrites, we're talking about actors. They're acting. They want to look good to other people. But on the inside, they feel bad. They feel awful because they know that their life is a lie. They realize that they just can't keep the act up. The jig is up, my brother, my sister. We don't have to live that way. We live by trusting God. That's how we live. That's how we do it. Trying to conquer sin by feeding it law is like trying to put out a fire by something with gasoline. How are you going to do that? You can't put a fire out with gasoline. All it's going to do is arouse it. All it's going to do is cause more of what we don't want. So the law says, don't do it. Sin principle says, I want to do it and now I'm in a battle. But to get you out of the battle, we just gotta put our faith in Christ and get out of this snare called legalism. It's so many legalistic people today, loving people that love God, but they don't really understand this. I want you to share this podcast, this show with someone who you may know might be legalistic, who's struggling, trying to get free from all of these things that they're dealing with. It doesn't matter what it is. You've got a lot of people that are in jail in their own spirits and Jesus came to set us free. But if we don't know how to work these Bible principles, we're going to be at a deficit most of the time in our lives. And so I pray and I hope more than anything else that you will listen to this show over and over again, because I'm sure there's something in this that you may have missed. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you. But I want to say this again before I close. We live this life by faith, not by legalism, not by works. You don't have enough works in you to be pleasing to God. You don't have enough volunteer programs that you can go to and being nice to people to try to get yourself uh, closer to God. That's not what this is about. There's no more programs to get you on. I want to get you off the program of legalism and help you to get in your heart and understanding and knowing that Jesus already knows enough about you and he still loves you. And any changes that need to be made through the word of God, he will teach you how to do it. We got to learn how to live in victory 
every day. We got to learn how to live in peace of mind every day. And this is not something we work for or fight for. We accept everything by faith. Money by faith. Strength by faith. Joy by faith. Healing by faith. Everything is by faith. Ask Abraham. He got everything by faith and God counted it to him as righteousness. And what he did for Abraham, he's going to do for you. And it takes the pressure off of life. Some of you are so pressed about life and how to live it that you have just worked yourself up into a mental frenzy. That is not what this is supposed to be about. So it is my joy to give you a few of these keys, a few of these principles, because I want to see you live a life that is pleasing to God. And we do it by faith. If this show blessed you, send me an email at info at Send me that email today and let me know that this show blessed you. Listen, I want you to go to my website, thomasadeloach.com. Go there. There is a subscriber box. Put your email in that subscriber box so I can get you on my list. Click the send button and I will send you a free PDF and anything that I'm doing now that I can get you on my list, you will be able to connect with me through email and anything that I will send out that I think will be a blessing to your life. If you scroll all the way down to the bottom of that website, I'm looking for donors, financial partners who will partner with me to keep this show coming to you. I believe you're being blessed. So if you are, ask the Holy Spirit what you can share. No dollar amount is too big or too small. And whatever you give, it helps me to produce the show and different things that it takes to bring to empower you right to your listening ears. Most certainly is my desire. I'm praying for you, believing the best in you today. Go and do something great, but know God loves you. And so continue to work out that love. And when you do, you will have a life of freedom and joy. Until next time, peace to the family. Thank you for listening to my show, To Empower You. If you were blessed, inspired, and encouraged, please send me a praise report, prayer requests, or show ideas to info at thomasadeloach.com. And follow me on Instagram at Thomas A. Deloach and Facebook at Dr. Thomas A. Deloach. And remember, you can go to my website anytime at www.thomasadeloach.com. Until next time, be empowered.